Welcome to the universe of trusting divinity, hosted by yours truly, Wendy Von Dam, aka Ms. Divinity. Here at Trusting Divinity, we explore how to do life in the messy middle. May you put down perfection and be clothed in the grace of Christ as you open your heart and mind to a life of possibility, one that you love beyond your wildest dreams. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Hey there, my beautiful friend. It has been a minute and I am thrilled to be inviting you back into the realm of trusting divinity, a sacred and holy space of love and acceptance for whatever your current messy middle is, a place of soul rejuvenation, of basking and resting in Jesus, a place of learning and growing together in grace. I have been pondering for quite some time today's episode, and yet again, it seems to come in perfect timing. And done, my friend, is better than perfect. So instead of waiting for perfect hair and makeup, I'm coming to you real raw and vulnerable. After a long day that started at 4.30 a.m. and ended with a puking kiddo. The last few weeks of life have been filled with some unexpected curveballs, both in my external and internal worlds. And I can see clearly how these curveballs are actually here for my good, providing the perfect experiences for me to share with you that which has been on my heart and in my mind. During today's episode, I would like to share with you my number one biggest takeaway from the event that I attended back at the beginning of March. It was a day of exploring grace with Emily Bell Freeman, where she shared insights from her three books all about grace. My number one takeaway happens to be four simple words. Words that seem to be written on my soul at depths I have yet to fully understand. And I am so grateful that God is helping me to remember that which my soul seems to already know at great depths. The four words, my friend, Jesus is the plan. This, my friend, is the very best news. It is simple and so profound, yet at the same time, so hard to wrap my head around. So let's just take a minute and let those words sink in. Let's place our focus and attention on those four beautiful words and allow them to be written on our hearts. Jesus is the plan. Jesus is the plan. Jesus, my friend, is the plan. Jesus is the plan. Whether we are talking about grace meeting you where you are, or grace lifting you up to become as he is, Jesus is the plan. 
This really sunk in for me when for the second time I listened as Emily explained the interactions between God and Abraham concerning the Abrahamic covenant. The scriptural account is found in Genesis chapter 15. In verse 8, we see Abraham asking the Lord how he will know the promises are sure. It is important to understand that in Old Testament times, pacts or covenants were made by passing between cut pieces of flesh of an animal sacrifice. As a person walked through these sacrificial animals, they were in essence saying to the other, if I don't keep my side of the covenant, if I cannot uphold my side of the bargain, you can do to me what has been done to the animals. In verses 9 and 10, Abraham gathers and prepares the animals for this ritual of covenant that he is making with the Lord. He then waits and waits upon the Lord. And as night comes, a deep sleep comes over him. And then in verse 17, the Lord appears as a smoking furnace and a burning lamp and passes through both sides of the covenant. In that moment, Jesus Christ placed the penalty of us violating our covenant on himself. He then later in history, through the process of atonement, takes upon him our inability to uphold our side of the covenant by allowing the world to do to him what had been done to the animals. He was crucified. Alfred Adersheim, a Jewish convert to Christianity, Christianity and biblical scholar, sums this up beautifully. He says, Then it was that the covenant was made, not as usually, by both parties passing between the divided sacrifice, but by Jehovah alone doing so. Since the covenant was that of grace, in which one part alone God undertook all the obligations, while the other, you and me, received all the benefit. As I sat there pondering this new, deeper level of light and understanding regarding the Abrahamic covenant and who Jesus Christ is, it brought new depth to those four beautiful words. Jesus is the plan. He knew that we were not able to uphold our side of the covenant. And in placing the penalty of violating the covenant on himself, took responsibility for both meeting us where we are and for lifting us up to become as he is. He gifted us the covenant of grace. His grace, my friend, is not about what you and I can do. His grace instead is all about what he can do and what he has already done. I love the simplicity of this truth. I love that he 
Jesus Christ is the plan. I love that grace is all about what he is continually doing to lift us up to him. And yet, I find myself wondering why at times it seems to be so dang hard to let him in, to let myself be loved, cherished, and adored by him. Maybe your heart, like mine, has a deep longing to understand what this grace looks like in action in your everyday, messy, middle life. We hear often that Jesus Christ is the answer to everything. But what does that look like in the tangible world, in our daily lived experience? How do we begin to recognize his covenant of grace working in our lives moment by moment? I personally think it begins with a heartfelt prayer and ask coded in gratitude, thanking God for giving us the eyes to see and the ears to hear his grace unfolding all around us. And my friend, it's all about practicing. A few weeks ago, I found myself at a yoga retreat and I also found myself receiving news from my husband that our crawl space had water seeping up through the ground. And there was a good six plus inches across the entire span of our home. Now, mind you, this is a crawl space. So nothing was damaged at this point. I also learned that our backyard looked like a lake. And although my husband, after finding the water, had installed a sump pump the water was not receding. We ended up spending an evening together as a family, seeking to bail water from the space, hoping to assist the sump pump in its endeavors to remove the water from under our home. Yet, the water seemed to be seeping up from the ground just as quickly as we could bail. The next day, I found myself feeling frustrated, overwhelmed, And if I'm totally honest, pretty angry about our water situation. I was not very excited about this obstacle that had showed up, leaving me at my wits end. You see, we were supposed to be leaving for a spring break week in Mexico, and I didn't really know what to do or how to resolve the situation. This flooding in our crawl space left me a little distraught especially because it's shone the light on some areas of my life that feel really unwanted. It reminded me that in my current season, I feel like my husband has to work way too much to simply provide. It reminded me that my hopes and dreams of moving our family to Mexico for a year of being have yet to be fulfilled. And this house that we tried to sell last year was now filling with water. And I was quickly becoming the victim to life's circumstance. I found myself spiraling emotionally. And although it was the water in the crawl space that had set me off, I quickly began to realize that much of what I was feeling had little to do with the current crummy circumstance and a whole lot more to do with emotions 
that I had been carrying specifically in regards to life yet again, not going the way I had hoped. What I hope to share with you today, though, is how my Savior Jesus Christ and His grace showed up for me and my emotional state that day, even though I was angry at God. Even though I had yet again been sucked into victim mentality and felt like life was most certainly against me. Even though in that moment of despair, as I sat all alone in my crawl space, yelling at God, telling him I didn't have it in me to say a prayer. Even though I didn't have a mustard seed of faith to even ask for help. God, in his infinite love, showed up in so many beautiful ways to remind me that truly I am loved and that his grace is woven in the very details of my life. Because seven rhymes with heaven, today I have seven instances of grace that helped me see just how aware of me heaven was. Grace number one. Before I officially found myself in the depths of despair, I had reached out to my amazing prayer warriors. You see, a year and a half ago, God blessed me with 11 women who made a choice to gather weekly, checking in with one another and praying together. So prior to descending into victim mentality, I already had 11 women praying for me. 11 women reaching out with care and concern in the midst of my messy middle. This, my friend, is God's grace. Grace number two. You see, I'm not one who believes in coincidences. I've had too many incredible experiences to not give credit to a loving God for his tender mercies. It certainly was not a coincidence that on the very day I would find myself navigating intense waves of emotion, I had a call scheduled with two dear friends, a call where we gather to feast and to be lifted up by the word of God. These dear friends held space in remarkable ways as they simply allowed me the time and space to feel all the feels washing over me. This, my friend, was God's grace strengthening me, giving me a much-needed break from bailing water in the crawl space. Grace number three. At one point of my day, I sent a pretty desperate text to the man who helped us build our home. And within a few minutes, he called with words of encouragement. And within a few hours, he showed up at our home with suggestions of next right steps. This, my friend, is grace. Grace number four. After yelling at God that I didn't want to talk to him, I felt my fingers texting a friend asking her to do for me what I didn't feel capable of. Would she please send a prayer to heaven for me? I sent her words of what I felt I needed, and this was the prayer she prayed. Our dear, kind, gracious, eternal Father who art in heaven, I come before thee with humility in my heart on behalf of my dear friend, Wendy. I know, Father, that thou art there and that thou dost listen, hear, and answer our prayers. 
I thank thee, Father, at this time for blessing Wendy with the desires of her heart. That overwhelm may be cast out and be replaced with sufficient clarity, both in her mind and in her soul. That she may be at peace and hear clearly each next right step to navigate the water in her crawlspace. And that she may know, recognize, and trust in the answer she has been given of whether or not to go to Mexico. Thank you, Father, for blessing her with an abundance of strength and calm. Thank you for sending those who can be of assistance to her aid. Thank you for blessing her with holy heavenly angels to surround and lift her, that she may feel and know of their presence. We thank thee for our knowledge of thee and thy existence and for the power of prayer by which we can call on the powers of heaven. We thank thee, Father, for our Redeemer and Savior Jesus Christ and for his holy sacrifice in our behalf. We thank thee for blessing us to have each other in our lives and submit our will to thine in his holy name, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. You see, I consider this dear friend a soul sister and see clearly that through his grace, she spoke for me the words my soul in that moment could not. Grace number five. That night, after sending a Marco Polo of our backyard that looked like a lake to another sweet friend, she hopped in her car and drove over an hour all the way from Salt Lake simply because she wanted to help. She, without hesitation, jumped at my request to provide dinner and then stayed for a while, helping me move buckets of dirt in front of our house where the ground was overly saturated. Grace number six. That night, I called a neighbor to see if by chance they had a pump I could borrow. This man's heart is so big. He generously offered multiple pumps and helped us numerous times, gathering up everything we needed to get the lake pumped off our backyard. God's grace number seven. My husband and I stayed up late into the night, installing three additional sump pumps throughout the crawl space. Friday morning, our goal was to get as much of the water as possible off the backyard. My husband thought we needed to purchase additional flat pipe in order to get the water moved, so I quickly made a trip to Cal Ranch, hoping to find some two-inch flat pipe. As you can imagine, we are not the only folks in our area pumping water, and so when I arrived at the aisle where the flat pipe was stored, I could tell instantly that the two rolls of pipe remaining were the wrong size. It just so happened that there was another customer in the aisle, and within a few moments, he was offering to let me borrow rolls and rolls of two-inch flat pipe he just happened to have laying around in his backyard. This in and of itself, my friend, is grace. And this story gets even better. After willingly accepting his offer, we began to exchange phone numbers so that he could text me his address. I knew it was not a coincidence when he said his name was Christian. Instantly, I knew that this was grace, that Jesus Christ himself 
was symbolically showing up through this man, Christian, to let me know that he was here in the trenches with me, offering to share that which was needed in the moment. My friend, I am grateful beyond measure that Jesus Christ is the plan, that his grace is sufficient and shows up to meet us where we are, no matter how much faith and belief we lack in the moment. I am grateful for his unfailing love that is long-suffering with the part of me that so easily forgets just how big he loves. This has been a really fun story. And I hope that it gives you some ideas of how grace might show up in your world. But really, my friend, as a result of listening to today's episode, I hope that you will take some time to ponder how his grace is continually showing up for you personally. Take some time to sit down and journal seven of your own moments of heaven reaching down to meet you where you are. Not because of anything you did, but because of who he is. I hope that as you ponder upon your own experiences, you too will come to understand at a deeper level that Jesus Christ is the plan. That he loves to meet you where you are in the trenches of your messy middle in order to lift you up, to strengthen and enable you in taking the next right step. I pray that we each may have the courage to boldly approach his throne of sufficient grace. And I thank the good Lord for gifting us eyes to see and ears to hear his grace continually unfolding in this great tapestry we call life. All my love, Ms. Divinity. I do have one simple ask before you go. If you have loved today's episode, will you please help me to share, share, share the grand adventures of trusting divinity? If you had a friend, a neighbor, or a family member come to mind, please share this episode and help spread the news that Jesus is the plan. And if by chance this message really resonated with you, I would love to hear about it in my inbox on social media or at Wendy with a Y at trustingdivinity.com. And last but not least, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Hey there, thanks for listening. If you have already accepted my invitation and are claiming me as your friend, I want to thank you in advance for posting a raving review on your favorite podcast platform. If by chance you are still a little unsure about this blossoming friendship, I invite you to simply stick around and keep listening.